So Knight Riders, not Knight Rider with David Hasselhoff, but Knight Riders, the George A. Romero movie starring Ed Harris. It was one of Ed Harris's first movies. It might have been the th- the third movie he ever did. I know he did some. Uh, he might have done like an episode of Chips or something before that. But very very young Ed Harris, uh, and Ed Harris has gone on. His career has just been. Uh, fantastically successful, uh, including his work in Westworld. But I first saw Knight Riders back in, oh boy, I must have been like 11 or 12, and I watched Dawn of the Dead, Romero's Dawn, Dawn of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead, and Day of the Dead a thousand times, so I wanted to see his his other movies. So I remember when I first saw Knight Riders, I was, I was younger, and I guess I expected something more of it. I was very much bored by it, and I remember there being a lot of yelling, especially by Ed Harris. So I wanted to see Knight Riders again. I wanted to see Knight Riders as a, uh, uh, not as a, whatever, 13, 14-year-old or whatever, 10, 12, I don't know how old I was. I think it was it was made in 1981, so, uh, I mean, I was five, four or five when it came out, um, but then didn't see it until much later, so I wanted to see it again through adult eyes, through uh, experiencing much more of life, and to see uh, how, I, it's not a question of if, but how my opinion changed on the movie. So, uh, after watching the movie, I uh, do, uh, there's still a a lot of yelling in it, and I think um, a bunch of the performances, including Ed Harris's, seems a little overacted and was pushed a little too much, Um, but, uh, I mean, the acting was alright, and even Ed Harris's performance was alright. He had some really good, really good moments. Um, but it's a lot of it seemed uh, heavy-handed. The message, however, in the movie was very well done. It was the, the theme of Night Riders was about um, when to compromise, when to compromise your ideals, when to change, and would the change be considered selling out? Uh, so is it sticking with your ideals, remaining completely idealistic, or compromising so you can be a little uh, a little successful instead of struggling, uh, even though that struggle brings its ideals? So it showed, uh, and I think it was very well done by uh, the Ed Harris character and then by the Tom Savini character, how uh, these two guys... Uh, expressed their belief and made good arguments for it. Um, and then you you find out in the end, uh, well, the Ed Harris character ends up dying. Um, and it's, it's left kind of ambiguous whether he committed suicide or it was an accident, but I think Romero ended up saying that he kind of just committed suicide and, and was at peace with that because he didn't want to live a life anymore without, uh, with, without sticking to his principles. That's not something I would ever do, and I hope nobody uh, ever does this, but the way Romero expressed it, it made you at least understand where the Ed Harris character was coming from. Um, The way this was uh, told through the 
um, through the livelihood of a traveling, I guess, renaissance fair using the system of knights and kings but instead of horses they would ride motorcycles and even and even though the the show they put on was theatrical the the outcome was not predetermined so it was like pro wrestling in a way except that in pro wrestling everything is predetermined but in this it wasn't so it was kind of a um kind of a mix of the two and Stephen King had a cameo and his character kind of kind of dismissed it and saying oh it's just like the wrestlers and the wrestlers know and it's fake so it was um it wasn't fake in that you know the characters in the fair really got hit and they really fell off their bikes and that determined what the reality would be. Um, so that wasn't, but of course they didn't really, they weren't really enemies. Um, I'm trying to think that, I, I don't know how successful a show like that would be now. I guess there's stuff like Medieval Times, uh, but I don't know if Medieval Times is predetermined or not. Um, but I don't know, maybe back in 1980, a, uh, a fair like that would be popular, especially if there's nothing to do in, in, in the towns they go through, and it's just something to see. I don't know, maybe it'd be a little cheesy, but maybe I'm not the uh, the target audience for that. But for the purpose of the movie, the, the audiences seem to like it. It... Uh, Romero painted a good picture about what it's like to be on the road and the struggles you have to deal with, you know, whether it's uh, through crooked, crooked cops or not having enough money and getting permits and setting things up. And then, you know, once once the troop becomes more popular, uh, it, the, the question is what to do with it, whether to quote unquote sell out. Is it is it selling out because you're getting, you know, these sponsorships and you're getting big money backers and you'd be, uh, your show would be elevated, but if it's not the show that you want, um, would that be considered selling out? And again, it, it, it was, it was very well done between, uh, the Savini, Tom Savini and, and Ed Harris characters. Um, as a kid, I, I remember the movie being slow. I don't think the movie was slow this time. Uh, I guess because there was a lot of dialogue in it. And as a kid, I, I guess I just wanted to, to see more action. Um, I, I did like, for a movie that was released in 1980, how Romero tackled the gay issue, even though it was it was very much blatant. It wasn't kind of, like, maybe if, if Knight Riders was released, released today, uh, it would be, I guess, a little less obvious. You know, these characters came out and said, well, I'm gay, and you're gay, and, and so they had the, the gay conversation in 1980, where I don't think a lot of movies were, were doing that, so kudos to Romero for doing that. Also, the, the women characters in it, um, the, how, how the queen, uh, took on a leadership role, especially when Ed Harris, I'm sorry, I never remember the characters' names, especially after seeing the movie only once, but how the women, uh, most of the women in the movie were seen as as leaders. So you had the queen uh, taking over when Ed Harris got sent to jail. She's giving orders. Uh, she, she was with Ed Harris since the beginning. You had Christine Forrest, who became Romero's wife. Uh, they dated uh, for many years and then got married after, uh, after Knight Riders was done. Um, and then she was, I think I last saw her in Monkey Shine. She had a role in that. So you had <coughs> the woman as the grease monkey, which uh, I guess goes against type, especially back then, um, which was cool to see. And then you also had, I guess, kind of the naive young, young woman role in, um, 
oh god, I, I'm forgetting her name, but she was in Babylon 5, and she was in the remake of Night of the Living Dead. So it showed, I guess, how uh, this lifestyle can lead to, you know, the meaning of women, and then it showed... Um, the uh, I think his name is Gary Lottie, the the Lancelot character, how he picks up the woman and you know sees her for a while and then just kind of dumps her because he probably realizes this life isn't for her. She may not want to get dumped, but you know he had to do what he had to do, and she dropped dropped her back off at you know a home life that was that was less than ideal. So um, I think the women characters were 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 pretty well written. Um, Romero is usually was was I mean he's no longer alive but was usually pretty good in uh, in his treatment of of women characters. So um, yeah, the movie Night Riders itself was was all right. Uh, like I said, the the bad parts about it was that the acting was a little heavy handed. Um, even uh, the storyline itself was a little heavy-handed. I liked the message. The execution wasn't the best. But then when um, when the themes of the movie were talked about, even though it was a little heavy-handed, I, I liked the theme of it. I, I liked uh, the debate that goes on with within oneself and within the characters uh, in the movie and then, you know, in real life between yourselves and, and people and people that you know when to, you know, uh, quote-unquote get a real job or when to not pursue anything because you have so many other responsibilities. You know, these are a real a real-life issues, you know, and um, it's it's faced by by a lot of us. You know, I, I was a, um, I pursued acting for seven years after graduating college, and it was seven years of just, you know, I bartended, I tempt. It was seven years of a pretty grueling life, even though I enjoyed it. It just it got to the point where, well, one, I, I lost my survival job, so I didn't have the money to uh, to support myself because the money in acting, even though I, I, I kept busy, it just the money wasn't enough to sustain myself. So it's like, well, do I go completely broke? Do I go into debt? Do I live hand-to-mouth and try to, you know, keep pushing forward and and eke out a career or do I, you know, try to find regular work? And I ended up finding regular work because I just, I I, I couldn't live without a a steady paycheck. I literally couldn't live without a a steady paycheck. It's just very uncomfortable being broke all the time. And, and, you know, I know people who are still pursuing a career in the arts and, you know, and it's a very, very tough life. They're either doing extra work all the time, which is not rewarding, or they're living paycheck to paycheck and, you know, they're sleeping on couches and they'll get a gig and then they won't have a gig and they'll be out of work. It's just, it's a constant, constant temp job and it's, it's really tough. So, you know, I guess the older I got, I, the more I crave stability, but at the same time, I also crave that, that kind of life that I had. It just, it's just not sustainable. You know, I want to, I want to afford to do other things I don't want to do, like travel and travel, you know, and, and live somewhat comfortably without, without, um, without going completely broke. So, um, so if I am going to give anybody any kind of advice is sure, pursue your passion, pursue your passion a hundred percent, 110%, 120%. But at the end of the day, have a viable plan B, 
and like your plan B. Be almost as passionate with for your plan B. You know, or hopefully you're just as passionate with your plan B, but at least have a viable plan B. And the key word is viable. You want something where you're able to support yourself. So um, anyway, yeah, it, a Night Night Riders was definitely an enjoyable film. Um, George A. Romero, it's it's one of his favorites, next to um, another movie he did called Martin. So you can tell it's uh, both of these movies were labors of love, and um, I'm glad I I'm glad I watched it. It was really cool to see a young Ed Harris, you know, just to know what he's done since then, and just to know that Romero was, uh, you know, played a key role in getting getting him that. And when I saw the DVD, um, Ed Harris was actually interviewed. You know, the DVD was only a couple of years old, so it was nice that Ed Harris still remembers that time and remembers it fondly and remembers George A. Romero and. Uh, and the I guess the opportunity Romero gave gave Ed Harris. It's nice to uh, it's nice to see that. So uh, and it kind of almost made me want to go on the road, man. And almost made me want to ride a motorcycle. I'm not too keen on that. Maybe one day I'll I'll try it. Um, but uh, so yeah, so pretty good stuff by Romero. He's had better, you know, his zombie trilogy or some of my favorite movies. Uh, Creep Show is is such a great great movie. I haven't seen that in a while, but I think I would like it if I saw it again. Um, so, um, so great. So I would say give Knight Riders a chance just for the theme, just for the main theme alone. Um, like I said, a little melodramatic, a little heavy handed, but the theme itself is something that I think would be good for all of you to watch. So uh, I also think it'll be good for all of you to uh, share this podcast, rate this podcast, um, and you can uh, do that by going on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Mike Lane Act. That's M-I-K-E-L-A-N-E-A-C-T. You can find me on Facebook at Mike Lane Actor. Um, and you can email me at MikeLaneAct at Yahoo.com. And like I said, please rate and share and do all that good stuff. All right, everyone, until next time, take it easy. Bye.